Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. As we record here at the start of the week, there are just three weeks left in the 2019 regular season. Today we are going to dive into some recent trends that may or may not be useful for your fantasy baseball squads the rest of the way. George Bissell is with me. George, before we get into some recent hot streaks, some recent hitting and pitching trends, we quickly want to hit some call-up news. The A's are planning to promote top pitching prospect Jesus Lazardo on Monday. Across three levels of the minors this season, he's posted a 2.51 ERA, 1.02 whip, 57 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio in 43 innings. He is 28% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, not necessarily ticketed for a massive role the remainder of the way, but what are your expectations for him uh, as fantasy owners look at Lazardo? They're extremely high. I think on a per-start basis, you're talking about a guy who has the potential to be a pretty elite fantasy starter. I don't think you can expect more than five or six innings. I think the A's are going to be cautious with the workload. They're not going to push him deep into starts uh, with expanded rosters. There's no real reason to do that. But I think it's an indicator of how highly they think of him, that a guy like A.J. Puck is in the bullpen, and someone like Lazardo, who's just 21 years old, is, is going to be in the starting rotation down the stretch for pretty pivotal games for them when you look at the playoff race. So uh, there's a lot to like in the profile. It's uh, over a strikeout per inning, really deceptive lefty. Uh, there's just a ton to like. The fantasy upside's extremely high. He's a guy we thought was going to make the rotation out of spring training before he suffered the shoulder strain there at the end of camp, which which caused him to miss the start of the year. And he's been pretty much out the whole way till now. Uh, so really good to have him back. And I think on a per-start basis, he's a guy you need to own. If you're in a playoff race, he's a guy who can make a difference. Every start matters, and I think his starts are going to be pretty darn good. All right, well, more on the A's to come in a minute as we get into some recent trends. And George, I kind of think the jumping off point for this is one kind of beautiful thing about this point of the season is we can basically throw out our long-term expectations as far as fantasy is concerned. You know, whether we think the guy is a great or even good long-term player doesn't entirely matter now. The question is, can these players help carry our fantasy squads across the finish line? So I'm going to hit you with a trend. You tell me whether you're buying in for the final three weeks or not. Uh, And we'll start in LA. Jock Peterson hit five home runs in his first six games of September, hitting 424 the last couple of weeks. 
Obviously not typically an asset in batting average. His season average, though, up to 247 with 32 home runs now. We often talk about hot streaks in fantasy in terms of whether or not you may have already missed it by the time you add the guy. Now, Peterson is mostly gone, but if you're debating whether to count on him the rest of the way, uh, how confident are you feeling? Are you in or out on uh, Jock Peterson having a strong final few weeks? Yeah, Matt, you bring up an interesting point. There is always a chasing stats component to every waiver wire acquisition, every trade acquisition, because you probably may have already missed the, the peak of the performance. But with Peterson, I think he has a clearly defined role. We know what he can do. We know what he can't do and what the Dodgers won't let him do. And that's hit against lefties. Uh, he's going to play exclusively against right-handed pitching. He's going to lead off. He had that scary collision where um, he went into the wall and he turned out to be okay and came back and hit two home runs in two straight games after that. So I think he's kind of a one-dimensional slugger. You know what you're getting with Peterson. But if you're in a daily league where you can make lineup moves every day and you don't necessarily have to lock him in for the week, I think he's an extremely valuable piece. You know, there's a couple guys like that who are sort of platoon specialists. Uh, your Mark Canna's uh, against lefties. Matt mm-hmm. Joyce of the Braves has been hot lately. Uh, he's another guy that you can maximize value with a platoon uh, matchup. And I think when you get to this stage of the season, you talked about it. Um, don't be afraid to make changes to trust guys you maybe normally wouldn't trust. But when it comes to playoff series, if it's a head to head or if it's a roto, you, you have to trust some of the, the studs who got you there. You, you have to ride them. They've gotten you this far. But if you're looking at the bottom of your roster, or maybe the back end guys, don't be afraid to roll the dice if there's a matchup you like. And I think Peter sitting his right handed pitching uh, is a guy you can count on to at least put up some power numbers for you. Shout out to Matt Joyce. Nice. I didn't know we were going to get that in. <laughs> he this had a good season. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a couple homers. Sweet, sweet swinging Matt Joyce. Uh, there was also one other guy when we were talking offline before we started in L.A. Matt Beatty has caught your attention in L.A. as well. Yeah, I think another guy who the, the role is defined, um, I, I like him. He's pretty versatile. He's hitting close to 290. There's a little bit of pop. And I think when you get to expanded rosters and you're going to start to see the Dodgers ease off of some of the veterans, you're already kind of seeing it. Justin Turner sat out a couple games. I think AJ Pollock's another guy they're going to want to be careful with down the stretch. They have a huge lead. They've already pretty much locked up their playoff position. So why push someone like Cody Ballinger just to push him? Uh, Beatty's a guy who can play outfield. He can play on the infield in a corner spot. I think the the playing time is going to be there for him. And he's sort of that sneaky guy here. You're like, how did he hit like three home runs in a week for me? Uh, he's he's sort of that kind of guy to me. 26 years old. All he's done is hit this year at the big league level. So I think you got to ride him a little bit too if you're in a deeper league. And by the way, George, Beatty rostered in exactly 4% of Yahoo leagues as we sit down to record. So this is legitimately a guy. <laughs> it's a deep probably. Pull. You know, there, there's sometimes where we're like, all right, this guy might be out there. Legitimately, there's a very strong chance in this case. Uh, speaking of uh, the A's, in fact, Jerickson Profar is not a guy we've talked about much this season on this podcast. Uh, for the season, hitting just 218. Over his last 15 games, though, he's at 319, uh, you know, showing some pretty good pop. I think five homers during that stretch. George. As I mentioned, the nice thing is we don't have to invest long term. So it's really a matter of can this guy potentially keep it going the next three weeks? Profile rostered in 44% of leagues. Are you in or out on this hot streak? I'm out on principle because you know in the offseason there's going to be the fantasy analysts out there who are like, well, he had a good three weeks. <laughs> it's going to be like, okay, cool. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't like Profar. He's he obviously got to 20 home runs. Six A's have done that this year. I think the value of home runs is really diminished. This 
given how many we've seen this year, we're going to break pretty much every home run record across the board. Uh, he's not running at all. He has seven steals on the year, but he hasn't stolen a base, I think, since, uh, I want to say July. Yeah, mid-July. So <laughs> you're kind of getting power only. And there are a lot of guys I, I like better out there than Profar. So, no, nah, I'm not that intrigued by him. I, like, if you're, I'd rather have someone like Peterson by a long shot than him. All right, you mentioned Profar's not running. One guy who is running lately is Will Myers. He's rostered in about half of Yahoo Leagues. Mostly a disappointing season for him, hitting 242 with just 17 home runs. Over the last 10 games, though, hitting 467 with three home runs and three stolen bases. Are you buying in on Myers for the remaining three weeks? Yeah, I think the question here is whether the playing time is going to be there, and it has of late. Obviously, the plate skills are are just just brutal. Um, he's, he's striking out close to thirty five percent of the time, and that's not going to cut it. But he is getting on base. He's been better of late, and this is one of those guys who late in the year he's had a disappointing season. There's a ton of talent there, um, and against you know watered down pitching and some bad teams, I, I think he can do damage. He did that against the Rockies over the weekend. Like he was he was crushing the ball. So. Yeah, I think in in small doses, Myers can be useful over the course of a full season. Obviously, not a guy you really want, but he's nope. he has a shot at like a twenty twenty campaign, and it's going to be one of the weirdest ones we've ever seen because it's just not all that desirable for fantasy purposes. But there's there's a ton of talent there, and I think it, yeah, it's worth rolling the dice against bad pitching. I, I think I like Myers a little bit. All right, Colton Wong is a player we talked about uh, quite a bit at the start of the year. He got off to a strong start, and I think the expectation was, you know, to some extent he was just going to fade away. It wasn't necessarily going to have stats that popped off the page. I mean, I feel like he's been kind of right on the fringe of, you know, being useful. He does have 20 stolen bases on the season now. He also has 10 home runs. He's hit 409 with a homer and three steals the last couple of weeks. As we're talking about steals, uh, do you buy Wong finishing the season strong, especially in that department? He's 42% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, I think the encouraging thing is over the last two, three weeks, he's batted second in the order for the Cardinals. And that's a position where you're not only set up to get on base, but uh, to score runs as well. I think he scored like... I want to say like 20 runs in the last two weeks, something like that. So it's not just the steals. I think he can get on base. He can provide an impact in three categories. And and that's extremely valuable. His on-base percentage is close to 400 this year. So closer to 400 than 300, I should say. So, yeah, I, I think in deeper formats, definitely. He's a guy you can you can kind of trust at this stage. Second base is weak. I mean, there, there, there are other guys I like more. Like, we haven't talked about him yet, but Nick Solak's a guy I like as well. Maybe we'll we'll get to him later. But um, Wong's a good one. That's a good name to file away. How about we get to Nick Solak right now? I mean, we're there. <laughs> Let's do it. Great. He is, he is the last two weeks hitting 328, a couple of homers, 11 RBIs, 13 runs, a steal. George, he's rostered in just 8% of Yahoo League's uh, second base eligibility. Is that number insane to you? Uh, it's insanely low. The plate skills are, are really good. He's walking nearly 13% of the time. I realize it's a small sample, but all he's done is hit since coming up, and he's batting fourth right now for the Rangers. And you can say, oh, the Rangers aren't very good. But since Chu gets on base, uh, they still have you know a decent lineup. It's not terrible. Um, there's a chance to get Joey Gallo back. So Solak's, there's not a ton of power. It's more of like a line drive, opposite field, gap power type guy. But 
he's in a prime position to drive in runs. Guys are getting on base ahead of him. He's been driving him in the last couple of games. Did some real damage against the Orioles over the weekend, a four RBI game on Sunday. So look, I think this is a guy who's trying to prove that he belongs. Same thing with like Willie Calhoun. I mean, these are guys who are trying to lock up positions either in Texas next year or somewhere else if they become a trade candidate. So Solak's a guy who's hitting, and I think you want to ride him. Second base is bad. So in a deeper format, yeah, I'm definitely using him. You say the Rangers aren't very good. I will raise the stakes significantly and take us to Baltimore. Um, Anthony <laughs> Santander has been a pretty pleasant surprise for the Orioles overall, really. A 285 average with 18 home runs, including five homers in his last 10 games. You know, obviously, we were talking about it already. The value of, you know, a 20 home run guy has been diminished, uh, especially when that guy, you know, has outfield eligibility only in fantasy. Santander is 39% roster. Do you think he has a chance, given all of those caveats I just mentioned, to be a difference maker the rest of the way? I'm surprised he's actually that high. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to trust Santander if I'm in a in a deeper league. I don't know. I, the Orioles' offense isn't as bad as as advertised. It's really the pitching staff that has kind of done them in this year. But I've caught a lot of the Orioles' games. It it feels like they have some productive bats there. Jonathan VR has been, been really good. Renato Nunez sure. has been awesome. Uh, he's like one, a Homer away from 30 now on the year. So uh, yeah, Santander's a guy, if you're in a deeper league, sure. I guess you can roll the dice, but he's one of those guys where I only want to use him if it's in uh, a good park, you know, if they're at home or they're in Fenway or Yankee stadium. Yeah, I could see doing that, but it's just tough. There's not a ton of fantasy upside here with him. It's good. I mean, we if your enthusiasm was high on all of these guys, it would be boring. We have to contrast a little bit. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's, Can't like that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's look at yeah. a few pitchers now. Alex Young of the D-backs threw eight shutout innings on Saturday with 12 strikeouts. Now, he remains just 30% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I mean, I think most people know by now, but this is a guy who did not have great overall numbers in the minors this year, has been pretty impressive in the big leagues. Obviously, a huge start over the weekend. Any reason not to trust him for the last few weeks, George? Um, Just the stuff isn't overpowering. I, I don't think you can count on this many strikeouts moving forward. On the season, he's over 10, but... When you look at the minor league numbers, <laughs> they're right around like seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's he's been a little bit over his skis, so to speak, so far. And if you look at the upcoming matchups, uh, he's looking at getting the Mets on the road this week on Thursday, which is not great. Um, that's a tough matchup. But then he gets the Marlins. He'll probably end with the Cardinals, and that'll be it. So I think if you're targeting one start, I, I think the Marlins at home, that's a good one. But I, I'd be hesitant to trust him against the Mets. There are a lot of good righty bats in that lineup. Uh, you talk about like Alonzo, Ramos, you know, guys who can do damage against him. Uh, J.D. Davis will be in there against him. So I'd be hesitant to trust him uh, this week against the Mets. Okay, but remember that you mentioned him being over his skis. The only question is, can he stay over his skis a few more times? Against That's the Marlins, sure. All right. Yeah, all I'd right. use him there. Okay, Sean Manaya is a guy we talked about last week on the show. Uh, in his long-awaited season debut, he threw five scoreless innings against the Yankees. Then he went out and punched out 10 against the not-so-good Tigers on Sunday. Nate Grimm, who was on with me last week, really likes Manaya. I'm intrigued. Is there any reason for you not to be in on this one, or better yet, to be out on this one with Manaya coming off of shoulder surgery? I think that the matchups are really good here for the last two, three weeks of the season. At this point in the year, it comes down to 
talent and who are you facing? And Manaya's got that perfect combination of a guy we like talent wise who seems to be in a groove. He's looked really good, as you mentioned, through two starts, and he's going to get the Rangers twice. And then he finishes against the Mariners, who uh, might have the worst lineup in baseball right now. I mean, they looked awful against Garrett Cole on Sunday. They got one hit through eight innings. So, look, I, I think he's set up in a good spot here to, to go out and dominate the Rangers twice, who aren't really playing for much. And then the Mariners, who are one of the worst teams in the league. So, yeah, I like Manaya. I think he's going to be a difference maker for, for fantasy owners down the stretch here. Well, and that puts, if Lazardo happens to get a spot against the Mariners, that would obviously elevate his stock as well. Uh, mm. Guy we talked about earlier. All right, one more name here. And, you know, let's look at the matchups on this guy. Sandy Alcantara has been pretty good lately. In fact, really good lately. His last seven starts has a 277 ERA, just 27 hits allowed in 48 and two thirds innings. Not a lot of strikeouts, just. 42 in those 48 and two-thirds innings. He is a guy who's 23% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. How do you like his matchups and his outlook the final few weeks? Yeah, so I, I covered the Alcantara start yesterday for Roto World, and I thought I was really impressed by it because he shut the Royals down for most of the game. And then the eighth inning, he got in trouble. He loaded the bases with only one out, was able to get a double play to escape it, came back out, handled things in the ninth. Uh a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swinging strikes. Uh, he's been he's been good. This is this has sort of been the issue with Alcantara is is can he string it together consistently? We we knew there was talent there. We we always thought he could be a quality rotation asset, but he hasn't really done it consistently enough. And the control has been better. He's going to get the Giants on the road on Friday. And look, I I really want to trust him here. This looks like a really good spot on paper, but I'm always worried about the guy who's had a couple of good outings and then he goes on the road, cross country. I I don't know why. I just, I get a weird feeling about that start. I'm obviously (laughs) going to use him if I'm in deeper league, but I'm just saying like, this could be weird because it looks like he's going to get three straight starts on the road to end the season. Um, Because he's going to get the Giants, then he's going to have the Diamondbacks, and then probably the Mets to finish the year. And he might get one more against the Phillies, depending on how things shake out. But pretty much all those are on the road. So I don't know. I'm a little – he's been good, but just be wary. He's going to be on the road here the next couple of weeks. Don't expect, like, brilliant outings here. I like that we had some guys you definitely like. We had some guys you kind of like, some guys you don't like at all. And then just we end on just a player that just makes you feel queasy, apparently. <laughs> I'm nervous about it. I like Alcantara. He's been pitching well, but don't expect like complete game shutouts the rest of the way. That's not going to happen, I don't think. All right, that is about it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And if you could take a moment to rate and review as well, we would appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, he is at George Bissell. I am at Matt Straup. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck this week. George, thanks for taking the time. We will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 